And we're back on the hunt with Supernatural Season 5. This is our recap of Season 5. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name is Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. If you're listening to this, I don't need to tell you what the show is about because hopefully you've listened to all of our rewatches of Season 5 and hopefully you've rewatched them along with us. Uh, Chris, we just wrapped up the Kripke era uh, season one through season five and what a ride that was man I'm, I'm really glad to be on this ride with you uh next week we will be back with season six episode one which it's a different era you could call it the gamble era i suppose because that is who kripke handed the keys over to when he uh sort of left as you mentioned last week chris he is the ep of the show but again how much influence does he really have probably just providing notes and his opinions and such right um but yeah, here we are. We're going to talk about our, our favorite episodes, our least favorite episodes, characters, moments, all that good stuff. But Chris, I want to talk about Kripke for just a second here. Um, last month, the 23rd of June, I believe, Kripke threw out a tweet. Uh, and I follow Kripke on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, be sure to do that. Um, but here's what he said, Chris. He said, you know, one thing that struck me yesterday was how many people told me that Supernatural got them through tough times. It's my Midwestern default to self-deprecate and deflect, which I probably did. But I want you to know how much that meant to me. Thank you. Hashtag supernatural family. Um, and I just wanted to quickly reflect on Kripke and his vision for the show and what it meant for me personally. I, of course, had to reply on our behalf, Chris. And I told him that, you know, the show really impacted my youth uh, more than I even realized. Maybe I didn't have a lot of friends that also watched this show, Chris. In fact, I had just one uh, shout out, Tim. But this show, man, I mean, it influenced my taste in music, my, uh, I mean, really like television culture, like this show got me into other shows. Uh, I know you're a big fan of the X-Files and you also like television a lot too. So I just wanted to, you know, take this moment to maybe thank Kripke uh, for all that he's done. He's doing The Boys right now, which is another show that you and I thoroughly enjoy, Chris. But yeah, let's talk about Kripke for just a second. Like, what are your impressions of, of, of him? his vision for the show, any just thoughts on season one through five overall feelings. One on Kripke are, and I said this at the end of the last episode, but I'll try to say this succinctly here. Um, he is a man to me who has a vision because the things he creates seems to have that definitive beginning end. Hmm. And he knows what he wants to get done. And I respect that. Uh, it's very much like if you look at any television um, over in the UK, they they have very clear endings. In America, we tend to run too long. And Supernatural, as much as I love it, probably could have ended multiple times. And that is a reality. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it didn't. I, I could follow the adventures of the Winchesters to this day. I would have still watched um, because I love the characters that much. That is not a credit to the plot. That is a credit to the characters who I credit Kripke. Yes. So that's that, I think, is the biggest piece I can say. We talk about this season, season five. It's an outstanding season. It is a top two season for me to this point, And I don't envision that changing. The interesting thing that we debated was it wasn't a better season than season four. Was it? Because season four was very tight. Uh, we talked a lot, though. There was some of this filler in season four. There was some filler in season five. I was so torn on this and I've been debating this Dan because I, I really loved season five for me. It is so close. Like it's, it's almost coin toss close on which season I liked better. But when I look at how things wrap up, 
when I look at some of the the little details in those final episodes, I think season five might edge for me. And it's a slight edge. It's a very slight edge. The filler outside of one episode was more meaningful in season five than season four. Filler in season four, I felt like felt like filler. Season five, less so. So I think season five has edged it out for me. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. This was a phenomenal season. And part of this comes from, again, as I've said, this is the end of the Kripke Supernatural series. And there is something that maybe a little biased there, but I think season five was a slight edge for me. I think that's where I'm leaning as we're talking today. I reserve the right to be convinced otherwise by you, but um, that's where I'm leaning at the moment. Well, let me try to convince you, Chris, that season four is the better season because that's where I'm leaning at the, this it. very moment. So listen, I, I think if you ask me what's the more fun season to watch, I would agree with you that I think season five is the more fun season to watch. And, and honestly, I have more memory of season five because it was such an impactful season and the end to a great series, right? We talk about season one through five being sort of its own series because at a point, that was the end, right? Until the CW decided they wanted to keep it running. I found a quote from Jason Hughes of Cinema Blend. He said, had this been the final season of the show, it would have been a very satisfying conclusion to a long epic story. I think that's a great quote, Chris, and, and it summarizes season five very well. For me, though, I, I took it episode by episode. So season four, let me just read you some episodes here and you tell me if you remember them. Sure. Of course, the uh, the first season, of season four, or excuse me, the first episode of season four, Lazarus Rising, Dean crawling out of his uh, grave. The hand. Fresh from hell. It's the hand popping out, yeah. The hand popping out, of course. That's one of my favorite episodes of all time in Supernatural. Uh, in the beginning, of course, Dean going back, getting to meet his parents and his grandfather alone. Granted, he will eventually go back with Sam as well. Um, but that was the first time we, we got time travel in this show. Monster movie. Chris, you and I both love Monster Movie, which after that one is Yellow Fever, another phenomenal episode. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, some cult uh, favorites. We have Heaven and Hell. We have Wishful Thinking. Uh, Chris Angel is a douchebag. Like all of these episodes, I think, really hit. Um, and for me, season four was able to do its thing without the pressure of having to wrap the whole thing up. And I think that's why each episode is just a little bit better. So for me, Chris... Again, season five, the more enjoyable watch, you might say. But I think every episode in season four is slightly better than every episode in season five, strictly because it doesn't have that job of wrapping things up. And, you know, that's every show. Every f final season I find of a show it has to inch you closer to the end of the series. Um, and season four didn't have to do that. So for me, it's season it's four. But of course, they're very close. It's a fair argument. I, I, I. I think I still stand where I do, but again, it's so tight. Like I, it's yeah. one of these things that I will eventually watch season four and season five again, that for outside of one or two episodes, really. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's, it's tight. And uh, I think you can't go wrong. I don't think you can go wrong. Great. If your favorite season four, your favorite season five, I don't think you can go wrong on this one. Um, we do though, in this show have our favorite moments, Dan. And my favorite moment in this season stands out. We have talked about it. We were excited about it. It is the most simple minute and a half. I, I feel like, and, and with very little visual effect, right? Like it, it's just 
a brilliant scene, a combination of music and one or two little moments. And that is, and it will not shock you, Dan, for me, Death's Arrival. Because Death's Arrival, him walking, the music is perfection. Absolute perfection. And then when the guy just bumps into him and he taps him and he crumbles to the ground, you immediately have that quote unquote fear of God in that moment because it's like, holy shit, <laughs> like death is frightening. And it is the introduction of the death that I think everyone gives a shit about. Yeah. And that's the thing. We later will have other iterations of death, but this death, there is something about him. He is phenomenal. Um, and I won't, we're going to talk about our favorite new actors in one episode. I'm not going to, I'm going to just full spoiler. I'm not going to include him on that. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere else there, but from an introduction perspective, my God, it was perfection. That's my favorite moment. I will tell you, I have a runner up and it is something from last episode, which is the conversation between Dean and Sam talking about you're, you're in a, you're a man. I don't need to tell you what to do. I don't have to agree with you, but I don't have to tell you what to do because that is the culmination of five years yeah. of these two brothers together, but death's arrival. I'm sorry. I can't nothing usurps it for me. Those are, those are both great moments. Death's arrival, obviously iconic, Chris, uh, one could argue the best character introduction on the show. Uh, Castiel is up there, of course. Um, you know, th there are some others, but death certainly is, is one of the like spookier, more epic. I mean, it's just perfect for that character. You're right. And there's some really fun lore. If you haven't rewatched that episode, be sure to rewatch it and then go back to, uh, our podcast, the, the rewatch, uh, experience because there's a lot of like fun details surrounding uh that moment for me chris i went something a little more emotional um and it won't surprise you that it involves john winchester and this is in episode 13 which is called the song remains the same and, and the moment i chose is uh sam and dean going back in time uh to meet their parents and for sam it's the first time he gets to do that for dean it's not he gets to do that a couple of times throughout this show um, more than a couple but up until this point uh, a couple but anyway um the moment is when john sort of lashes out on sam and dean and mary for uh allowing them to be hunters because as we know john wasn't aware that mary was a hunter and doesn't know that sam and dean uh is their children but basically he lashes out at sam and dean and he says what kind of monster would allow their kids to become hunters right and he's saying this to sam and dean which is quite meta and the moment that i'm getting at is that Sam gets to actually talk to John. Of course, John doesn't know this because he hasn't lived through it yet, but Sam gets to tell John that he understands why John treated him the way he did. And that, you know, he realized that John was just trying to do his best. He was quite literally trying to keep it together in an impossible situation. And that, you know, he's just really proud of his dad. And that's a good moment, Chris, because I think the fandom in general, it's really easy to hate John Winchester because, yes, he was a shitty parent and he neglected his kids. Right. But I think a lot of people forget that this is a show about a man who was quite literally being hunted by demons <laughs> and his wife was killed by a demon and his like son was meant to end the world. Like if you put all of that into context. John Winchester makes a lot more sense. And for Sam to actually like to get it off his chest, Chris, we talk about Sam's arc in season one and season two, especially Sam and John butt heads the entire time, right? They really have this beef. This episode in season five allows Sam to get that chip off his shoulder and move on. And he gets to do it 
face to face with his dad. I mean, it really was like a special emotionally charged moment. And I could have picked a lot of fun moments, Chris, but again, I chose a moment that seemed a little more emotional, a little more critical to like Sam's arc because Sam, that guy goes through so much shit in the season, Chris, like this was one win for Sam. I will say he has a lot of losses in the season, but this was a big win. So that's my uh, favorite moment from season five. Yeah, I, I can't debate that one. It's a wonderful moment. Uh, and I think when you look at Sam's forgiveness in that, it's critical to the overall arc that we talk about of his redemption, yeah. which is that he no longer holds grudges. Right. Um, which is so different because once we get to season six and we're going to be dealing with soulless Sam, mm-hmm. I mean, we're dealing with someone who just doesn't give a shit and, and will kill, you know, and, and has no emotion. Uh, and it, I, I love the juxtaposition when you compare the two. It, it's very clear it's a very different Sam because of moments like that. Right. And that's why Dean is going to pick up on that sooner than later as we go into season six. Uh, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful scene. What about favorite new character? Because we talked about having a favorite recurring character for this episode, but a favorite new character. And we define this so everyone knows this. You're in one episode only. One episode to shine. Um, doesn't mean you were, were part of more than one scene. It just means you've had one moment on the show uh, and one episode. Who stands out for you as your favorite new character? Yeah, so Chris, just to be clear, like death wouldn't be... Um an no. option here because we see death later in the show. Right. <clears throat> so I went with uh, Patrick, if you recall, Chris, he was the 900 year old witch from episode seven. Yes. Uh, and that episode was called the curious case of Dean Winchester. Now I, I really liked this guy for a bunch of reasons, but the most important reason was that he doesn't die. Like the rest of the monsters. Patrick is very smart. Like the boys never actually beat him. The only way that they get past him is because his wife, another witch, um it doesn't want to do it anymore right and so she kind of helps the boys get out of their deal but patrick was very charismatic he was a formidable foe for the boys in season five chris we do see a lot of demons that like are just really easy to kill and i like to see the boys get a challenge every once in a while and for this like witch to be as uh bold and as smart as he was was really refreshing for me and witches chris i think We've seen a lot of witches on the show so far, but his like approach on being a witch was so different that it, he felt really like the most powerful witch we've met so far. I know we're going to meet Rowena and some other more powerful witches than him even, but I really liked Patrick. Uh, he was really fun. I liked the accent. I liked the whole episode really. So yeah, my favorite new character, one episode only would be Patrick the witch. What about you? Well, for me, I really thought about this hard. Um, and this character appears in one episode. It's an episode we both really enjoyed where the boys go to heaven. Yes. And in, in heaven, they meet the character played by Roger Aaron Brown, Joshua. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching and saying, wow, is this guy, this guy could be God. No, it's yeah. not. You see him. I, I almost in back of my mind, the first time I watched it, I think was saying, is he really Joshua or is this guy actually God? Because I at the time I wasn't sure Chuck was. I thought Chuck was something more, but I could have seen a way that they made this man. Got he played the part perfectly. Yeah, and the way he delivered the message, the way uh, it was a combination of humor, but such at the same time straightforward dialogue. I love this character, and I just thought in one brief scene 
he just nailed everything. I love your choice because that actor had a full episode yeah. shine. I fully believe if we had a full episode of Joshua, though, we would have loved it. I do want to also give an honorable mention. And I'm not, I, I, I don't know why I liked her performance so much, but Erica Cartwright uh, uh, is a character in an episode where the boys are in the nursing home, uh, Sam interrupted or not the nursing wow. home, the mental facility. Yes. Michelle Harrison, who plays this character. I, and you see Sam really jiving with her um, quite literally. And I don't know, there's something about this, this character. Plus there's a nurse in this episode who's phenomenal. And so like, there's, there's a variety of characters in this episode. So I wanted to give a shout out because I did think that Michelle Harrison was fantastic, but Roger Aaron Brown as Joshua to me stood out uh, really sound. And, you know, it's sad to say because we're here and, and I know he was in multiple episodes, so it doesn't count, but you've got, you know, the, the man who would take on the role of Michael yes. who uh, ultimately is not a reoccurring, but they're not a one episode only. And I do think he was a great, did a great job as the third Winchester brother um, and underutilized in the series. So just want to mention him because he didn't fit either category that we're actually talking about. Yeah, that's a good honorable mention. Uh, I almost picked uh, Martin from the same episode you were describing, Chris, uh, the the previous uh, friend of John Winchester, the ex-hunter. Uh, he was really great, too. And he's only in that one episode, I do believe. Uh, yes. So I like That'd to see it. other hunters um, in the show. Let's move on, Chris. Let's go to uh, a least favorite of ours. And let's go to least favorite episode. I have a feeling we're going to have the same least favorite episode because it was hard to pick. Chris, it was hard to pick a bad one from this bunch, but let's hear it. And and maybe we say it at the same time. Yes. Uh, I, I was going to say like two words. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say two words. I believe it starts with fallen. Fallen idols. And another yeah. two words, Paris Hilton, Chris, tell tell the people why this episode sucks, please. Look, I, I understand. And and again, I, I think I noted this after the fact. Conversationally, Paris Hilton has has been a highly successful woman women looked up to her yeah and so i think as a character it made sense but she didn't have the acting chops and that's the problem she didn't have the acting chops and i i just wish there was a someone with better acting chops in there because it made me disinterested they went for the meta because there was house of wax with jared and paris hilton um but the, the reality here is that you look it up paris hilton is very successful businesswoman. She played uh, a role. She played this on TV for years and then she just stopped and you see her behind, uh, you know, running business with Hilton and, and all this other stuff. So like, there's just something about this that like, it's inauthentic for one thing, which I think bugs me more now. Mm -hmm. um, I do take back some of the, the things I think we talked about because we, I didn't intend if we, and I hope it didn't come off that way when we talked about this episode, like, no, she wasn't really stupid, right? You know, but uh, when it comes down to it, it's just unfortunate. Like, I just think this episode, and then you had other things in this episode, Dan. It wasn't just Paris Hilton, because we we talked a lot about Paris Hilton. I want to stress that was like 2% of a problem of that episode. Yeah. Um, Paris Hilton's what stands out. You remember Paris Hilton, right? Um, but Paris Hilton being the villain, okay. But you had like evil Abraham Lincoln and got, got, I don't know, the episode failed to work for me and it just on no level did it work it was the filler episode for me that didn't 
didn't satisfy at all in the season. Every other episode did. And uh, I know we did have some who liked this episode. I had a few commenters say it, and I understand why they liked it based on uh, what they told me, but I, I hated this episode. I absolutely hated this. I can't rewatch it. Um, and I just, I think it's just because it was, it was, it was the wrong kind of meta in this case. And the show does meta well, usually. Yeah. What I'll say, Chris, is that I was disappointed. And from what I can recall from our, our rewatch podcast episode of uh, Fallen Idols is that it started out really strong. Yeah. You had you had a string of celebrities that were more or less cursed, right? You had James Dean, a very famous, very gifted actor who died at 25, I believe, in a very crazy car crash that his car, anytime someone bought it, also killed that driver, right? Then you had Abraham Lincoln, arguably one of the most important presidents of our country's history, shot in the head, like a lot of these celebrities that are cursed, Chris, like they could have stuck with that theme, but they decided to then go to Paris Hilton. Like there are so many celebrities that you could say are cursed, right? You have the whole 27 club, Chris. I think my biggest takeaway from that episode was that it started really strong and they could have taken it in a direction where the lore would have been really, really interesting, but they just dropped the ball and they said, Hey, we can get Paris Hilton on the show. She's a famous person, right? Like, should we go for the sort of the, the shock value to get more eyes on the show? I don't know if that was their intention, Chris, but I was just disappointed with how it started and and then ultimately how it ended. Cause I think and there was a lot you, of you have a great point though. And we talked about this then, but like, I believe we said we could have done a whole thing about the parts from Dean, the, from the car. Yes. Like we could have done a whole episode about that. And the monster could have been interesting, but wasn't. So it, it was, they tried something. It didn't work. And again, I only lead with those other comments because I did. I know I heard some things afterwards about, yeah, but Paris Hilton XYZ. And I wanted to make sure we covered the fact that I mean, she was an important person at that time. Yeah. But again, I am bugged by the inauthenticity of who she actually was because I looked her up afterwards and I, I corrected myself. I said, She's actually been highly successful and she's got clothing lines, all this other stuff. So like I, the fact that she played dumb for so long on, on some of these things, it bugged me. It bugged me. And that's a historical thing that we can't take back though. Like you, who else would you have put in that role? If you did this, I argue you got it right. We would do the episode differently. That's all yep. what it is. Yep. But let's talk a favorite before we go into our favorite episodes. I want to ask you favorite reoccurring character Paris Hilton did not reoccur she was one and done but who's a favorite reoccurring character from this season for you and by reoccurring uh simply meaning not one of we're just simply saying not one of the main characters so Castiel is out we're, we've we've knocked out Castiel I believe we agree yeah. on this one Castiel's out um Sam and Dean are out Bobby technically is out at this point um, so reoccurring kind of that in between between they're not on one episode, but maybe they're on a few. Yeah, I'm going to go with death on this one, Chris. And I think that's probably not what you expect. I have a feeling I know what yours is going to be. But for me, death, this re, uh, uh, this uh, version of death, I will say, Chris, because, you know, there, there's going to be uh, a few. Um, but uh, I don't have the actor's name in front of me. As we covered in the episode that he was in, Chris, he's played death not just in Supernatural, but a couple of other shows, actually. Like, he has a look and a presence and just the way this guy talks. I mean, he has a certain uh, quality about him, Chris, that many other shows have picked him to play their version of Death. And I thought that was really interesting and cool. Um, 
like you would imagine Morgan Freeman would be playing God in multiple things. Like, right. He was God in the Lego movie. I believe he was God in Bruce almighty. Like he has that presence of, of, you know, sort of a, an, an ethereal, you know, sort of cosmic thing. Right. And this guy, I would argue, I think his name is like Julius or something, Chris. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I just thought he was a phenomenal uh, death, a great actor, and he's going to be death uh, again. So I really enjoyed his uh, performance in season five. Julian Richings, by the way. Julian, thank you. He's, um, and he's appeared in over 225 films and television series. He's a very, yeah. uh, very successful actor. Very successful and, and very good and very uh, convincing and very scary, Chris. Like death should be scary, but in a very particular way. And I thought that Julian nailed it. So that's going to be my favorite reoccurring character. Of course, I could have picked Crowley. Uh, am I wrong in that you chose Crowley for this one, Chris? I hope I I'm didn't not. pick Crowley because did. I, I didn't. As much as I like Crowley, I wanted to give kudos to a person who I felt, and we've talked about this, mm -hmm. is one of the top five villains uh, on the show. Yes. So Zachariah is my choice. Good one. What about Frightening? I mean, he is very frightening throughout the series and from his arrival, but he's only he's here sparingly in this season. He comes in as needed. He's well used. Yeah. So I could have done Crowley. Crowley across the series is one of my favorite characters in this season, though. Zachariah, I think, is a more pivotal character. I think he's frightening. And I go with Zachariah simply because as we go through this very important arc, Zachariah is at every pivotal scene. Mm -hmm. And he's a convincing guy I, I think for the most part oh, yeah. and watching as he becomes more and more fed up with the Winchesters yes is really enjoyable because it builds he mm -hmm. builds upon it every single episode getting more and more frustrated to the point that he's basically like all right fine I'm getting a replacement for you Dean you're you're not good we're just gonna take this guy out of the grave and he's right. gonna have to do and then and that wasn't even the plan. Then he said, fine, the guy I brought back out of a grave to lure you wasn't good enough to lure you actually in. So I'm just going to go with this and he'll have to do because we got no other options here. And But he doesn't rush to that. So he's a very smart. He really believes he can get Dean. So I love that character. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's one of the best villains in the show. And I genuinely, if we do it, I think, you know, as this. Series comes in at some point. We'll we'll do we'll obviously have some lists to put together for a series recap, which is crazy to think about. He's gonna be in that. Oh yeah. That, that's a great choice. I I honestly, Chris, it, it didn't even cross my mind. Um, but you're right, not just in season five either. Like he he has been a phenomenal uh villain. Um and and yeah, so convincing. Like his energy is really great. He has a very defined arc, which a lot of our villains don't have because, like we say. They end up being overused. Uh, the show goes 15 seasons, right? At some point, your character is going to become watered down. But luckily for Zachariah, he gets a nice ending, uh, I would say. And yeah, rewatching the season was a real joy because you start to see him lose his mind. And the actor is really great at conveying that. So uh, great pick, Chris. Let's go into our top three favorite episodes. And my third actually is the perfect transition here because my third favorite episode of season five includes Zachariah. It also includes Joshua. It also includes Sam and Dean. And of course, what I'm referring to is the episode that brings Ash back uh, from the grave. It is Dark Side of the Moon. This episode sees Sam and Dean be killed by two hunters. They get shot up to heaven and we see them try to traverse uh, 
their heavens, which in this case, Chris, they actually share one. So um, it's very interesting to see them go from memory to memory. They're ultimately trying to find God by the guidance of Castiel. They run into Ash. They run into a bunch of uh, familiar faces. And uh, ultimately, yeah, they meet Joshua, as you've mentioned already today, Chris. And they it's a kind of a bittersweet ending in that Joshua tells them that God doesn't really care about their plan. And that sets off a whole nother chain of events, Chris. So um, I really like this episode, not just for the characters, not just for the set design, but also for like what it does for the story. I think this one episode carries so much uh, weight in terms of twisting the narrative. Like we really go from one trajectory to the next because of the outcome here. And I really do think it was such a cool concept. Like finally, We've seen angels, we've seen uh, demons, we've seen hell, Chris. Now, finally, we get to see heaven. I think it was a really well done heaven as well. So for me, my third favorite episode, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, Chris, what is your third favorite? There's a lot to choose from. As we say, season five was so good, man. Like any episode you list here, I won't be surprised because they're all really great. My, my number three, as we work our way to number one, is The End. Ooh, uh, good one. The I am a sucker for like these post-apocalyptic worlds to begin with. Yes. But this is the best version of an apocalypse in Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And we will have an apocalypse world that i kind yeah. of not sure I even like Same. Uh, in later seasons. This one is perfect. We, we've got Dean versus Dean. We've got Sam as Lucifer in the all in all white. You've got him crushing Dean's neck, not the Dean. He got future Dean. You've got Chuck being so Chuck in the Chuck that I love. Like it has, and I I always laugh because you've also got Castiel who's basically you know having an orgy with a bunch of women in this episode yes. too. So it's just like it's it's hilarious, but it's dark. It has everything, and it also had that great conversation starter of was this real? And I love that because when you think about television and the concept of water cooler talk, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be that on Reddit or around an actual water cooler as it would have been in the 90s, less so now, right? We're, we're much less in an office, I feel like for a lot of people, but it had that to it. And so to me, it's almost a, it, it's a, it's a near perfect episode in that sense of gives you a lot of talks about dark, but at the end of it, one of the best moments, Dean saying, Hell no. I ain't saying yes to this. And after everything he saw, he still says that. So to me, the end is just a brilliant episode. And uh, that's my number three. And I, like I said, I, I went through a lot of these episodes and it came down to the same five repeatedly. It was really just a matter of organizing my favorite five. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that, Chris, uh, because my number two is the end. There we go. I, I love this episode, Chris, for all the reasons you just said, but also because it takes the Croatoan virus thing. It weaves that right back in, right? That That's not, we didn't forget about that, guys. We're going to make this part of the story. Uh, what else did we learn from that one, Chris? Detroit. Where did we just see Detroit? Of course, it's in Swan Song, right? So all of these details, they are weaving them back into the story, either before or after. And it's just really cool to see them in in apocalypse of course chuck says to hoard toilet paper like it's gold we just got our asses out of the pandemic chris that was a very sort of meta thing where toilet paper was hard to get 
Chuck calls that too. Like there's a lot of fun parallels and you're right. We had a really great conversation about, well, was this really a glimpse into the future or was this Zachariah trying to teach Dean a lesson, right? We can still debate that. I think, yes, Lucifer ended up in Detroit and Swan song in season five finale, but it didn't exactly end the way that Zachariah tried to convince Dean that it would. Right. So was it real? Was Chuck actually there? If Chuck is God, then why would he be there post-apocalypse, right? A lot of questions still, Chris, but nonetheless, a really fun, uh, exciting episode at the end. Uh, what a great one. If you haven't rewatched that in a while, go ahead and rewatch it. You could rewatch it independent of a rewatch, I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And I want to note that my next one will not surprise you. It is one of the highest rated episodes um, this season five, I'm probably more predictable than ever. I think in later seasons, it's yeah, well, it, it'll be significantly less predictable. Um, because I'll be they they just changes after this season. But my number two is about changes. It's changing channels, and I like this episode. Yes, it's humorous. Yes, I laugh. Yes, it has Loki, who what a tremendous character. Mm. But it also has a point. We're talking about an episode where he's basically like, play your roles, boys. Do what you're supposed to do. And all the gimmicks, all the silly moments, the Japanese game show, these things that stand out, meme-worthy moments, right? They all have a point. And that's the brilliance of the episode. And I was a sucker for the, I'm a sucker for most of the episodes of Floki. Hammer of the Gods is a great episode. It will not be in my top three. It's not in my top five. But I think that's a credit to just how good some of these episodes were. Because that's going to be a top episode for a lot of people, I know. But Changing Channels for me, because it mixes the humor with that end poignant moment of play your roles. This is what you have to do. I just lands. So changing channels for me is it. Um, and again, I think, yes, it's meme worthy. But if you if you look at this episode, it's an incredibly important episode for the entire show and for the entire series, uh, because they've got no one on their side to help them at this point. And uh, I think it's well done episode. So changing channels is my number two. I love changing channels, Chris. It's really important also for the future of Supernatural because you get episodes like The French Mistake, right? Where they get really meta. Um, but they also have to do some really important storytelling, as you've said. And that, is, Chris, is why it's my number one. Uh, changing channels for me, favorite episode of season five. For all the reasons you just said and more, the opening scene, uh, the 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 like theme song straight from the 90s is so freaking funny, man all of the TV tropes. I like that it was poking fun at its direct competition. Like, yes, you have the cop shows and yes, you have the medical shows, right? These are all shows that were around while Supernatural was being aired. So it would be funny to watch this episode. And then the very next thing on the CW would have been a medical drama. Like, I think that is so brave uh, and hilarious. And as we said on our recap of this episode, Chris, it's a very Kripke episode. Like this has his fingerprint all over it. It has the kind of humor that the boys has, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, it was written by Jeremy Carver. This is from 2009, Chris. So ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, this is, as you said, the highest rated episode of the series right next to Swan Song. And that episode, as we said, uh, 
is a very good episode, but for very different reasons, right? This one is very good because it's very funny. It's really risky and trying new things, but it does something very important with the plot. And that for me is why it's my number one, which Chris means we have to get to your number one, which if it's not changing channels, I would love to know what it is. Please, uh, please reveal your number one. Can I tell you an honorable mention first? Please. Yes, of course. So my honorable mentions, I have two of them and they're going to, I'm going to have two honorable mentions because essentially I'll, I'm essentially giving away my top five. My honorable mentions are going to be, and this one may surprise people. Dead men don't wear plaid, which is an underrated episode in my opinion. Um, And that is the zombie wife episode with Bobby singer. And, uh, think it's a critical episode um yeah, introducing a, a beloved character yep. doing zombies in a really cool way my other honorable mention is swan song which i think is an important episode it's a finale it's a great finale mm. but it hits differently and i do love it but it is not my number one my number one is your number three it's dark side of the moon because heaven, the concept of heaven, we go through five seasons, angels, demons, all this stuff. We have a, some idea about hell. We get heaven. We understand what heaven is and how freaking flawed this concept is. Yes. This shapes a future direction of a show. We see old friends. Uh, we learn that the boys have died multiple times, but don't remember it. Mm-hmm. We, we we're given so much in this episode and it concludes with this brilliant moment where we give an arc to Castiel where he now loses hope. Right. Which sets Castiel ultimately on, I think a very interesting path. So this episode before me just delivers on every level and seeing all those memories, the boys memories, there's, there's humor in this episode, Dan. I mean, Dean wearing that shirt, like when he was five years old, uh, and and uh, these moments where where they're realizing that Sam's happiest memories are away from hunting, it's there's so much to unravel in it that I just feel like it's a very thick episode. Yeah, so much rich. in it, rich, yeah, it's yeah. very rich, right? But at the same time, it's well mix of humor. We talk about the we. This is everyone's heard it. A good good supernatural episode has humor, has that drama. And usually have some sort of satisfying ending. And that satisfying ending of, in my opinion, what the hell are we going to do? And iconic moments. This this has a few of those. um, And maybe not as iconic as Death's Arrival or other stuff. But I'm sorry. This one is just phenomenal. And um, like I said, no no, no discredit to Swan Song. um, But I wanted to give that love to Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Because it's a great episode. It's so freaking good. That's They're probably my number five. If I I say Swan Song only almost in the top three, but changing channels to me is deserving of the nine point seven that it has, and uh, yeah, I'll take that anytime. Oh yeah, and it, it, that's funny, Chris. So we share our top three, although they're in different uh, slots. Which, yes, uh, it's kind of rare for us. We do usually share at least one or two, but I think uh, if, if you know we haven't uh, established this today, we don't share our list with each other prior to recording. So this is nope. fresher both of us. Uh, no, very and interesting. Paul, I, I I will say we're generally consistent on our least favorites. <laughs> if 
but yes. but I think that's going to be harder in our later seasons. I think, I think in later right. seasons, there's going to be more likelihood that we don't. The quality of these first five seasons cannot. Uh, I mean, when as we look ahead, the quality of the first five seasons is just so good. Mm-hmm. So when you think about least favorite, we're going to have more options for least favorite in later seasons, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, I always remind people when you start to talk about season six, season seven, when we get Leviathans, we are still on a journey with the boys. And that's what this is about for me. This is about two yes. core characters and two core characters who are very flawed, flawed, two flawed men. Right. Um, but with a purpose that is good. So it's, it's interesting from a story perspective in that way. We look ahead now, Dan, to season six about, you know, what is in store for the boys. Yeah. I found a quote, which I thought would be interesting to pull, uh, sort of a retrospective quote, Chris. This is from Anthony Ocasio of Screen Rant. And he says, what's in store next for Sam and Dean? I have no idea, but you can bet that I'll be sitting on the edge of my seat in anticipation. And I was very much the same. When season five ended, Chris, I remember season six was, you know, officially renewed. They announced it. And I remember I was supposed to hang out with some friends or something. And I canceled my plans to watch Supernatural by myself in my bedroom. And uh, I, to this day, do not regret that choice because that first episode, it's really special. You see Dean sort of dust off the Impala. He's working a construction job, right? Uh, it really is like something brand new. And although, yes, Chris, we are going to get episodes that maybe aren't as good. The quality certainly is going to drop. That is, you know, not in question whatsoever. I think that's an obvious uh, conclusion to make. But there's a lot of like fresh perspectives that we get. And, and I think Kripke, to his credit, realized that if the show was in the hands of somebody else, that they would get a new look at Sam and Dean. And I think that's exactly what we're going to get. So I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Again, I really do enjoy season six, episode one. Uh, We hope you'll come back next week and uh, start this new era with us. Uh, If you like the podcast, please do subscribe. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Reddit. We're trying to start engaging threads over there. And speaking of threads, Chris, we're officially on Instagram and threads. Twitter is not looking too good. I think that ship might be sinking. So we're officially on threads. Be sure to look for us over there as well. Yeah, uh, definitely keep on an eye out for that. And of course, uh, on Reddit, we'll be there with questions and we do engage on there and sometimes take those questions and your answers to the show. So that's a lot of fun. Make sure you subscribe. Of course, we appreciate all of you who have. I know we've got a a lot of you on Spotify in particular listening because that's the data I do get to see. I do get to see our Spotify followers. Uh, But uh, at this point, I don't I, let me clarify. I don't actually see who they are. I just see the number. <laughs> don't worry. I don't have any. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not all informed here, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, and we'd love to know. Uh, let us know. Feel free to message us what your favorite episodes of the season are. Engage with us on Reddit. And with that, Dan, uh, we have successfully completed five seasons. We have completed the Kripke era. And I think it's fair to say that is it. For the Kripke era, that's it for this week. But we will be back because after all, we've got work to do.